You know, I want to say something this morning. Uh, Pastor Joe and I do hear a lot when people are sharing with us things that they have observed that, oh, and this is real, by the way, this is true. <laughs> Just thought I'd start out letting you know that. <laughs> I had somebody say they never want to play poker with me. <laughs> I think it was you, James, money. <laughs> uh, yeah, people tell Pastor Joe and I all the time that they think that we're very real. And every time I've heard that, I've always thought, well, that's really great. But you know, something dawned on me recently. You know why we can be real? Because you let us be. You're not judging us. You're not pointing a finger at us. You're not saying, what? They're pastors and they say that or they did this. And you know, that is so freeing. So thank you. Thank you for letting us be real. And so I'm going to start off getting real this morning. I have a confession that I want to make. You know... When COVID started, I was so determined that I was going to draw near to God. You know, I was going to spend time in study and I really had such good intentions. But instead, as time passed by, and let me just say here, I did have some health issues during this time, but I'm healed. God has healed me. Hallelujah. The goodness of God, right? But I just became increasingly more and more restless. I know none of you can relate to that, right? But come on, let's all get real, right? Uh, and I became very spiritually lazy during this time. And, and I'm certainly not proud of myself. But one thing I did do, among some others, was I read a very poignant book that really impacted my life. It was titled On the Road with St. Augustine. And it was written by James A.K. Smith. St. Augustine was a theologian and a philosopher during 354 AD. And what I loved about this book is he just got real. And he talked about the struggles of life that cause restlessness. And I had just come out of this very restless time. Yet he offers biblical solutions to the rest we all long for. And for him in his book, he stated that the Christian gospel was a shelter in the storm, a resting place a, for a restless and wayward soul. And I so related to that. And I so longed for more of that in my life. So my message today is entitled rest for the restless heart. Number one, what is a restless heart? Webster's 1828 dictionary defines restlessness as uneasiness, unquietness, a state of disturbance or agitation of, bo of body or mind. Here's some synonyms, anxiety, instability, worried, edginess, wandering, unpeaceful, unsettled. So just so that you don't get the wrong idea, Jesus Christ is not offering us a life without difficulties. We can't wait till everything is going well in our lives before we experience rest because there will always be another struggle. But he does offer us, no matter how bad or difficult things get, to find rest in him. Even, listen, the most perplexing situation which that's a trigger for me. When I can't figure something out, I, get, I tend to want to get restless, okay? Even the most perplexing things that can't be explained or understood cannot rob us of the rest we find in Jesus Christ. 
I remember many years ago, I mentioned my son this morning, when Jason was out doing drugs, we didn't know if he was dead or alive. Uh, our daughter had left home very young. Both of our kids were really, really rebelling. And I'm telling you, moms, you know, I'm not saying fathers, you don't, but we know what it feels like when our children are at risk. And I did not think that I could find peace and rest during that time. And I remember one day God just came and visited me because I kept crying out to him, God, help me, help me. How can I live my life not even knowing if my son's going to have a drug overdose? I had a sister who was struggling with that and she just was a wreck. And I'm like, God, help me. And he did. He did. His strength empowered me to give my children to him, not to give up on them, but to let go and give them to God. And I went on in my marriage and in my relationship with him. He spoke to me, you're making them an idol. That was my personal experience. If they can steal your rest and your joy in me, then you have them before me. And it changed my life. So God showed me how to rest when everything around me was restless. So Webster's 1828 dictionary defines rest like this. The mind is at rest when it ceases to be disturbed or agitated. Quiet, repose, a state of reconciliation to God. If you're finding yourself unrestless, you need to draw nearer to him, right? A state free from motion or disturbance. And I want you to notice that rest is described here as a state free from motion you see sometimes when we're not at rest you know what we seem to do we just start moving we start moving we're trying to distract ourselves we go here and we go there and we do this and we do that and and we use activity to try to silence that restlessness within us our heart is as augustine would say on the run we're looking for something anything to offer rest it's the story of a heart on the run it's a story of the restless and wandering heart it's the story of mankind trying to fill that void inside with something other than god it's the story of a heart that struggles to find rest and peace and contentment and you know what church it's all our stories it's all our stories, some more than others, but all of us at one time or another, saved or not saved, we all have a restless heart on the run. Maybe it's loneliness and you're searching for a companion. Maybe it's a quest that you are going to fulfill your dreams. Maybe it might be boredom on your job or boredom in your life, thrill seeking or a need for adventure. It might be a hunger for something different, anything. Just God do something different in my life. It could be a thousand other reasons, but at times we all have a heart on the run. We all feel like something is missing and we seek here and we seek there trying to find what we're longing for. But guess what? Something is missing. I'm going to tell you what's missing. And this is one of the reasons why we're restless. Point number two. Why do we have a restless heart? Hebrews 11, 13 through 16 says, They admitted they were aliens and strangers on earth. People who say such things show that they are looking 
for a country of their own. If they had been thinking of the country they had left, they would have had an opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. Here's the thing, church. We are aliens and strangers on this earth. This is not our home. Heaven is where we belong. Philippians 3.20 says, Our citizenship is in heaven. We're longing for a better country, a heavenly one. It causes restlessness, which isn't what God wants, but it does as we long, as we long, as long as we live on this earth. There will be this war against our souls. Because this is not our home. 1 Peter 2.11 says, Dear friends, I urge you as aliens and strangers in the world to abstain from sinful desires. Connection there, you know. We don't feel at home, so what do we do? We try to fill it with sinful things. Abstain from sinful desires which war against your soul. Here it is. This world is not our home. We're aliens and strangers because our citizenship is in heaven. We belong there. This causes a war in our souls and a restlessness in our hearts. Part of the problem is this. We think we're home. (laughs) Why? Because this is the only place we've ever known. It feels like home. We all have houses. We call them our home. Still, we feel pulled between two places. Because something inside of us knows this is not our home. And that restlessness stirs up. So we try to satisfy the restlessness that comes from not at homeness. With everything that we possibly can. However, from experience we all know, does this work? No, this never works. So how do we find rest for our restless heart? How do we find peace in a world where we don't belong? How do we navigate the in-betweenness that we feel in this world? How do we find rest in a place that's not our home as we long for the place that is our home? Romans 8, 22 through 25 says, We know. That the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the spirit, we groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we are saved, but hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. Augustine said this, like an exhausted refugee, fatigued by vulnerability, what we crave is rest. You have made us for yourself and our heart is restless until it finds its rest in you. The soul's hunger for peace is a longing for a kind of rest from anxiety and frantic pursuit. It is to rest in God. You see, although our rest is in God, 
We seem to turn to everything but God. We're looking for something other than what we have. And we're looking for somewhere other than where we are. Then as soon as we get what we want, you know what? We're already looking for the next destination or the next thing. Come on. Am I the only one that does this? Y'all are awfully quiet. You're getting quiet on me here. We feel restless, so we run or we leave. You see, people leave marriages, churches, friends, jobs, houses and cars, and on and on it goes. They go from marriage to marriage, church to church, friend to friend. They leave because they're looking for something or someone. We leave because we long for something else, something more. We leave because we're looking for a piece of us that is missing we leave because we want to hit the road and see what we can find so we hit the road to leave ourselves behind and to find ourselves i am going to find myself how empty is that we hit the road in hope and finding what we're looking for or to distract ourselves from the emptiness that drove us to leave see it all the time People running, 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 searching, seeking, and they come up empty every time. Here's the problem with leaving. We can't leave ourselves. Listen carefully to this. Everywhere you go, there you are. Just saying, right? We can't run from ourselves. You're taking all the problems with you. It's not going to work. For all the unrest, we take ourselves everywhere we go. And when we get there, we think we, we when we get there, when we, excuse me, when we get to where we think we want to be, it just seems to point to somewhere further. I'm almost there. I just got to keep on running. I know I'm about to find it. No, you're not. Unless you're seeking God. But the, the good news is coming. Let me tell you, the good news is coming. For the restless heart's satisfaction with every new place is just short-lived. Just when you think, oh, this is it. I finally arrived. This is what I've been seeking for. That same old restlessness begins to set and we take ourselves wherever we go. And when we think we are there, where we want to be, it seems just to point to somewhere further. You see, that new spouse lets you down, just like the old one did. That new church might be worse than the old one. That new friend you thought understood you turns on you that new job ends in being harder than you thought the new expensive house or car now burdens you with debt and payments that escaped escape vacation just leaves you depressed because it's over <laughs> i i knew y'all would relate to that one the end vacation blues right so you see, we're think, we think that doing this or doing that or going here or going there makes life worth living. But that thing or that person or that place that we thought would satisfy our restless heart quickly loses its appeal. And it always will. You see, in a real sense, we're like the prodigal. He thought, I'm hitting the road. 
This is where it's going to be. It's in the journey. Uh, I'm going to find my heart's home. We think happiness is synonymous with adventure seeking or the next experience with leaving home and finding something better. The Bible says the fool's heart is always on the ends of the earth. However, most of us know how well that turned out. For the prodigal, right? After he squandered his money, was so hungry that he wished he could eat pig food, he began to realize, hey, wait a minute, the light came on. I was better off at home. Yeah, better off at home. Luke 15, 20 tells us he finally quit running. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him. And was filled with compassion for him. I love that. The prodigal, he's going home. But while he is still a long way off, the father saw him. You know what that word saw means? To know. The father knew him. In the King James Version, it means to be aware, to consider, and to understand. Your heavenly father sees you. He sees you. He knows you. He knows your deepest thoughts. He knows when you rise up and when you lie down. He understands you. He understands your pain like no one else ever could. He understands you so much that he sacrificed his only son for you. He understands your disappointment. He understands your doubts, your fears, your loneliness, your grief, and so much more. Don't let these things cause you to run from him. Run to him. He understands. The enemy wants to cause you to run from him. No condemnation. Run to him. He considers you. Isn't that beautiful? Almighty God considers you. You mean more to him than you will ever know. You mean so much to him that he sacrificed his only son so that you could be free and have rest and rest, restfulness and be free from sin. Your rest is found in him, him and only him, him alone, forever him. There is no other place that will give you rest. Then we see that the prodigal is still a long way off, right? But the father ran to his son. He ran to his son. You see, when we quit running, God runs to us. He sees us. Even in our weakest attempt, God sees. And the father threw his arms around him and he kissed him. You see, the story of the prodigal isn't just about the prodigal coming home. It's also about the father running to the prodigal. The father ran to him. It's also about that love of a father. The prodigal made it home and we will make it home because the father will run to meet us just like he ran to meet the prodigal. He will run to meet us and he will give us rest for our restless hearts. Now listen to verse 21. The son told him, Father, I have sinned against heaven. And against you. Just poignant words here. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. And this brings us to point number three. Where do we find freedom from a restless heart? There it is. Confession of our sin. 
and repentance. That is where it starts. Realizing it's us. Repentance means this. We turn from going one way and we go the other way. So we're running down this road as fast as we can to get away from it all. And all of a sudden it hits us. The light bulb comes on and we're like, Father, I have sinned. I confess my sin to you. I'm turning from going that way and I'm going this way. I'm running to you, God. I'm coming to you, Jesus. Freedom, you see, is more than freedom from. It is freedom to. You can't just get free. The Bible says take off the old man and be okay. You got to put on the new man. You got to replace it. And we replace it with God. I not only run from my way, I also turn to God and his way. And I must also, get this, stop blaming everyone for my restlessness. And find rest in God. Just like the prodigal. We have to learn the road isn't home, but the road is leading us home. Hallelujah. Home is where the Father is. Home is where Jesus is. Home is our relationship with God. When we realize we're a prodigal and we turn and we run to him and we're exhausted, we've wasted everything, our, our, everything, our hopes of finding rest for our wandering hearts, we know now is returning home. And we return home to the Father as the prodigal did. Rest then is found when we turn from going one way and we turn and go the other way. You see, to the restless heart, freedom can be doing whatever I want. Why not? Why not? It's an attitude that says, I know what's good for me. This is our generation. Children, the next generation. I decide my fate. It's my way or the highway. Maybe we're done with denying ourselves what we want. Suddenly our newfound freedom feels fun and new and different. We believe we found the answer. Do what we want. It's my turn now. I'm tired of sacrificing. I'm tired of doing what God says. I'm still feeling restless. We think freedom from is freedom from restraints in life. Or doing things God's way. That's what we begin to think freedom can be. The problem is our so-called freedom many times becomes a prison. And until we repent of this, we'll never be free. Let me say it this way. Stop the insanity. It's not working. And you will find that out. So unfortunately, we, until, for many, it's not until our lives are a total mess that then we realize, oops, doing it my way isn't working so hot. I always tell my kids, I'd rather suffer for righteousness than for wrongdoing. Because we're going to suffer either way. I'd rather suffer for righteousness. But we realize that no guardrails on the road of life just put us in a ditch. It's not so fun in this ditch or this pig pen, right? The addict with a hangover can't get out of bed and loses his or her job. 
The control freak ends up divorced, alone, and lonely. The selfish adult never, 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 never has enough. Eating whatever you want ends up in being overweight with health issues. Going wherever you want ends up in bad relationships and wasted time. Doing whatever you want ends in excess, addiction, unwanted pregnancy, or a lost job. You would think we would realize the error of our way. Instead, we blame everyone else but ourselves. It's my parents' fault. They were too strict. No, they were too lenient. They were too smothering. No, they were too distant. Too indulgent. They were too selfish. Or maybe it's my husband's fault. Not mine, but maybe all of yours, but no. He wasn't there when I needed him. He didn't meet my needs. He left me for another woman. Or maybe it's my friend's fault. They betrayed me or they rejected me or they used me. And ultimately, you know whose fault it is? God's fault. Now it's God's fault. He let me down. I did everything I thought was right. And God didn't come through for me. Where was God when I needed him? The truth is, however, hope you have on your steel-toed boots. You have no one to blame. We have no one to blame except ourselves. We've gone our own way, and until we repent and turn from our restless hearts to God, we will never be free. Then we must also realize when we do turn to God, here's the thing. Willpower isn't enough. It took revelations for me from God. It took seeing God, hearing God, his word. Those are the things that changed my restless heart. We need the power of God. We're not strong enough in and of ourselves. At one time or another, all of us will have a restless heart. A lot of times it's during a midlife crisis. I see that happen a lot. We hit a betrayal barrier and we feel God didn't come through for us. When I was in my late 30s, I've shared this before, but um, some of you may not have heard it. I became very restless in life. Everything was going wrong that could go wrong. Um, after I got saved, trust me, I tried to do everything I was supposed to do. I mean, I was going to impress God and everybody else. I prayed. I went to church. I read my Bible. I told others about Jesus. I homeschooled my kids. Uh, I was a good wife. Right, baby? I, I submitted to Joe. I submitted to Joe. Okay, maybe that's stretching it a little bit. Let's just say I repented of not submitting to Joe. <laughs> but I did everything that I thought I was supposed to do to the best of my ability. And as a result, I thought, I believed that God would do what I thought he should do. And what I asked him to do for me, I remember thinking, I've done my part and now God's going to do his part. I also thought this to myself, I homeschooled my kids. They're not going to rebel. I believed that. That was my motivation for five difficult years. God's going to protect my kids because we did it right, which really meant God was going to do the things I thought he should do. Not a good place. So when everything that could go wrong went wrong, and it did in my life, I don't have time to get into all that, I found myself feeling down, let down, 
and restless. So you know what I did? I hit the road. I started running from God. I quit talking to God. I quit listening to God. I quit worshiping God. I started listening to only secular music and hanging out with unbelievers. None of that <laughs> gave me the rest that I was looking for. As a matter of fact, one of the girls I was hanging out that was with was, that was an unbeliever. I was feeling so guilty about listening to the music with her, not talking about God, that it convicted me. And that's one of the things that started me realizing this isn't good. I felt like my whole witness was, you know, was terrible and I didn't like that. So I started sharing, believe me, believe this or not. I started sharing Jesus with her and she got saved. Amen. Let me tell you, it was nothing about me. Go figure. I, I, I don't know. I still don't totally understand that. So I was restless. Uh, I, so I, but I knew, I knew, I knew, I knew this wasn't right. And I didn't like it. So I started trying to talk to God again. I got back on the road. I started seeking him. But guess what? I could not find my way back. It scared me. I could not find my way back. But <laughs> when I was still a long way off. He ran to me when I was broken, when I was down and out, when I had sinned against him, he ran to me and he had compassion on me. And guess what I did? I literally cried my eyes out. I did. I sobbed like a baby and I came back. But I learned a very valuable lesson that has held me through this point of my life. Nothing but my Father God will ever give rest to my restless heart. And the same is for you. Only Jesus will give us rest for our restless heart. I learned that when life falls apart, and it will... My rest is in God. When I'm hurt and I'm disappointed, my rest and my refuge is in God. When I'm tired and weary, my rest is in God. My soul finds rest in the words of Jesus. In Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 through 30, come to me, come to me. You who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Come to me. Those are the words of Jesus. Jesus begins this impactful verse with the answer to our restless hearts. The great secret to finding the rest we long for is found in these first three words. Come to me. Jesus knows there's only one place to find rest. It's in him. Jesus identifies no other source for rest other than in him. He doesn't say more money will give us rest or a person will give us rest. He doesn't say a better career will give us rest or a house or a new car or a dream come true or a vacation or having children. Actually, having children will give you less rest. There's nothing wrong with any of these things, right? But apart from Jesus, I'm here today to tell you, you will not find rest for your restless heart. Rest comes from being yoked to Jesus. Amen.
You see, in Bible times, I love this, a young bull was always yoked to an older, stronger bull. And this is what we're experiencing too in our church right now is we need each other, right? But we need Jesus most of all. The stronger bull would keep the bull, bull, the stronger bull would keep the younger one from straying away because they're yoked together. He would also bear most of the burden of pulling the plow. And the younger bull, if it... Bull, if it was tired, the stronger bull would do most of the work. Wow, what a great arrangement. This is what happens when we're yoked with Christ. We don't stray. He keeps us in the right direction. We don't have to carry the burden of life alone. You see, we can't do it alone. We need the power of God. And the second we realize this is the second that we can be certain that his power is already at work in our lives. We need the power of God. And we're going to need God's power because freedom from a restless heart doesn't mean a life without difficulties. It means we have rest in God in the midst of the difficulties. No matter how bad it gets, how perplexed we are, we find rest and contentment in God. In Philippians 4, 11 through 13, Paul says, For I have learned, see that? We learn, I learned, I learned to be content, whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. Kind of still like that plenty, but I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation. Whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Have you learned the secret of rest and contentment? It's found in the presence of God and in God's power. God's power is freedom, freedom for you. It's the way out. God's power is the power you cannot find in yourself. God's presence and power gives rest to our restless hearts. So I say to you today in closing, come on to him and find rest for your restless heart. Let's pray. Father, I just pray right now that as your word has gone forth, And I know this word has gone forth. I sense it in my spirit. I just pray, Father, that it would fall on the good seed of people's hearts. I pray, God, that it would take root. I pray that the cares of the world and the lust of the flesh and the the temptations of life would not cause this seed to fall on thorny or shallow ground, but that it would fall on good soil of the heart, God. And that it would take root. And that it would spring forth. And I pray rest over this congregation. I pray rest for those watching on social media. I pray God that your power would enable us to to stop running. To turn to you God. To look to you God. Help us oh God. Our cry of our heart today is help us. We live in a restless world. We're strangers and aliens. This is not our home. So we run to you, Father God. We turn and we run to you. We repent, we confess, and we ask Jesus that you would forgive us 
change us, turn us around, run to us, oh God, and bring us nearer to you. That's our desire, nearer to you, oh God. Nearer to you, that is where we want to be. So we thank you, and I just declare it over this congregation. Father, that your rest would fill their longing souls with more of you, God. Thank you that you say, come unto me and you offer us rest. And we pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Listen, if someone is here today and you don't know Jesus, or you're listening online and you don't know Jesus, he's saying, come to me to you. If you'll just go on the social media and type in hashtag my decision, someone will contact you to pray with you. If you want to receive Christ or you already have, please do that. Let someone pray with you and hold your hand on this road of life. I love you, church. I, hmm? Oh, prayer team. Come down. Prayer team. These people will be down here. These are prayer warriors. I'm telling you, don't hesitate to come. If you're struggling with restlessness, anything else, whatever else is going on in your life, even to pray for someone you know and love, come down this morning. Let's pray with one another. Thank you so much. Thank you for letting me be real. Thank you for letting me be vulnerable. Love you, love you.